It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, an overturned truck released 10 cows onto a highway. Tony Kornheiser, wow. I bet traffic didn't move. Huh? You like really? that? That's what, what an, you got. Really? What an utter oh. mess that must have been. Oh, man. Watch oh, how I wow. milk this joke. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. You know what? Let it's not as move. bad as a Uranus opening, so I'll take it. I'll stay with you. Okay, that's I'll good. live. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the MVP loses again, the Celtics get more good news, and the Suns and Bucks brace for game threes without big stars. But we begin today with the Minnesota Timberwolves blowing a 26-point lead and losing game three at home to Memphis last night. At various points, the Grizzlies had runs of 15-0 and 21-0. The T-Wolves collapsed. Carl Anthony Towns had five fouls. He only took four shots. Wilbon, do you want to start by praising the Grizzlies for their defense, blaming Towns for his lack of offense, or focusing on Minnesota coach Chris Finch for not calling a timeout in the 21-0 run? Tone, has got to be something on the Minnesota side. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of reticent. You know, I'm, I'm sort of reticent to just rip into Minnesota because they're a neophyte team, and they're making their first, you know, trip to the playoffs in a while, just their second trip, as we've talked about, in 18 seasons. So I don't want to just go crazy on Minnesota, which I think is in a good job. They're an appealing team to watch, one of the highest scoring teams in the league. I think the second highest scoring team in the league, but Tone. They, they just major in stupid sometimes. And I'm now, I'm stealing the thought from, from, from our dear friend Charles Barkley, who after the game just said, I'm sorry. And he just went in on them, talking about how stupidly they play and the decisions they make. And you can't avoid it. Because you mentioned those two stretches, Tony. They had a 20-whatever point run and a 16-point they gave up. No timeout in either one. No timeout. And they're not the, the bulls of Phil Jackson or the Lakers or Heat of Pat Riley or some team of Larry Brown, you know, or Pop, they were San Antonio. No, they're not a team that gets to work their way out of it because they got geniuses who are going to figure it out. No, they appear to be dopes in large part learning how to play. Maybe they'll be great one day, but not right now. Yeah. So um, the game is a complete disaster for Minnesota. It has the smell of a series that is over right now. I know Minnesota could win game four. I know that's possible, but... There's blood in the water right now. Memphis closed on a 50 to 16 Unbelievable. run. So I think this yeah. is a, I think it's a 4 to 1 series. I think I, I think it's done. I was so interested in what Carl Anthony Towns said after the game. He was asked how he would pick up his teammates and Towns said and I'm quoting here, "Go home, drink some wine, move on to the next day." Now that's exactly Mike how I feel every night, except because I'm in my attic. I can just stay home, drink some wine, and get ready for the next day. I can do that. Carl Anthony Towns wants to be celebrated as a great player. And there are a lot of factors, personal ones, and I won't get into them now, that that, that make Carl Anthony Towns a worthy guy to root for. And then as soon as you start to root for him, and I find this interesting, players in the league feel this way too, 
You root for him, and then he just says or does something, and you go, the disconnect is so great between whatever's going on with him and whatever's happening in a game or the league that you go, what? And so, I look, Tony, I watched him say that after he said, next question, please. Like, you know, like he was some great player. Minnesota, it's time to just be yanked off the stage. What was that show, The Gong Show, where somebody just come and got you with a big hook and they just took you yeah. off stage? Show. Minnesota, yeah. get off the stage now. It was fun for a while. The Gong Show was about 50 years ago. It was That's great shows, 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah. We yeah. just lost That's everybody. about how long it's been since Minnesota did something yeah. worthy. Yeah. Elsewhere in the West, the Jazz lost at home to the still Lucas Mavs. Doncic hopes to play Saturday in Game 4, and then Denver. The Nuggets finally got a huge game from Nikola Jokic, but still lost. Now down 3-0 to the Dubs. So on which team suffered the more dispiriting loss, Nuggets or Jazz? So, you know, I was thinking about Utah and how dispiriting it must be to lose your second straight game to a team without its best player, Luka Doncic, who's, as you say, coming back for game four, and to lose that game at home. But I honestly think, Mike, that the more dispiriting loss is Denver. Because they really? got 38 and 17 from Jokic, and they couldn't win, and they're down 3 nothing. And look, no matter how you cut it, Mike, it is you have a better chance of coming back down 1 to 2 than you do down 0 3. And that's where Denver finds itself. And on the larger level, Mike, what this game, these games showed me is how wildly overrated the Western Conference is. The Lakers stink, the Clippers this year stunk. Memphis finished second. They hadn't been higher than seventh or eighth in like seven years. And now you have these two teams that are supposed to be solid contenders. Utah last year was the number one seed, but they're hollow at the core. Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray, doesn't have Michael Porter, sixth place team. Utah just seems to be, there's like nothing there. I know you love Donovan Mitchell, but Mike, he doesn't guard anybody. So, Tony. Not only does he not guard anybody, coaches and players are apparently saying in-game, so that people hear about this, yeah, he's the matchup we're seeking, Donovan Mitchell. Which you you, you can't have that, particularly at this point in your career. Tony, it's Utah who just suffered the more dispiriting loss because they're at home and they lose to a team without Doncic, and they're going away. See, Minnesota's not going to go away. Minnesota can't repair this. They got young players, a couple of stars. They can repair this over time if those guys smarten up. Tone, Utah's going away. Kaboom. You, what are you going to do? Rudy Gobert can't even play in the series. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are your best two players, and they're being victimized. And they can't beat Dallas without Doncic? They're going to limp away, and we're not going to see them like this as a team come next year. We're just not. Let's move to the NHL, where a series of recent articles pointed out that scoring is way up. Just last weekend, more goals were scored, 153, than in any other weekend ever. And for the whole season, teams are averaging more goals than they have since 1996. Now, Wilbon, you worship at the altar of defense in sports. Yeah. Is hockey better with more offense and less defense? Tony, I think it is for this one primary reason. And you know, when I covered a, you know, a fair bit of hockey for the Washington Post, the thing that I railed against and wrote columns about year after year after year after year were there's so many skilled players from around the world. Hockey, unlike pro football, is truly a global and international sport. And you get skilled players from every corner of the world who seek to play in the NHL. 
And what's happened, thankfully, Tony, is the third and fourth lines, which were enforcers and goons largely, those people are gone. You know? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know Don Cherry's rolling over in his grave, but those people are gone, and they have made way for skilled players. The other things like the pads on goaltenders, you know, getting smaller. You had an expansion, right. which always weakens things in every sport, as you know, because we concentrate on that with baseball and football. But tell them, the, the skill level in hockey, the wraparound goals, the things we see that we didn't see decades ago, and it's not as much scoring as the 80s and the 90s. It's not. So there's a happy medium there, but I like this better because of the skilled players, the influx of skilled players from all over the world to the NHL showing what they can do. So one of the examples of that is Trevor Zegras, who is to the NHL what Fernando Tatis Jr. is to baseball. I mean, there's a lot of showmanship in what he does. And and as you say, the pads have been shaved down. Uh, Expansion may have diluted some of the talent, though it seems to me it would have diluted it on offense as well as defense. So I'm not... Sure about that. Look, I'm not a hockey expert. I don't know how important any one of these things is. But if right. you ask me, would I rather watch a soccer game or a football game? I'd rather watch a football game. I'd rather watch offense. I don't want 9-6. We're not getting 9-6. Right. But I'd right. rather have 4-2 than 1-0, except maybe in the playoffs. So I'm good yeah. with this. Yeah. I'm good with it. I am too. Let's take a break. Yep. Coming up, did Hornets coach James Borrego really deserve to get the axe? And what's the word for the Suns if they lose again tonight? We're not trying to entertain that thought here, Tony, the desert. We're not, we're so, not going to what if so the Suns lose. So you're saying you're taking the long-term view on Utah, saying they're done, and Denver can come back. I took the short-term yeah. view because they went down 0-3. So they're done now. Yeah. No, they that's don't come right. back And I was talking about Minnesota. Minnesota can still round into something and oh, evolve sure. into something good. Utah oh, yeah. is bye-bye. Good night. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Time to unleash Tony Thesaurus Rex. I like that. What's first? It's blank that the Charlotte Hornets fired Coach James Borrego. It's harsh. I understand that he had a losing record over four seasons. It was 148 and 183. 
And the two teams that he got into the play-in game, they got absolutely drilled. Indiana the other year beat Charlotte by 27. Atlanta beat Charlotte this year by 29. But there's always a but here, Mike. Brego won 10 more games last year than the year before. And then 10 more games this year than last year. That's plus 20 over two years. And Gordon Hayward missed about 30 or more games. And he's one of their best players. I mean, I thought he probably did a good job. It feels to me, Mike, like he's getting fired for what happened in the play-in games. Yes. And, and I think that's a little extreme. Maybe, Tone. But as we know, of course, the roof is the ceiling for, for people who might have forgotten that. Now, so that Ceiling's leads to my word. Which is ceiling? Is the roof the ceiling or the ceiling the roof? No, so the ceiling Tony, this is, is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Well, the ceiling is being raised. It's 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 ceiling raising. That's that's what the word is. Because you can't lose the plans. These are effect. You said it's the postseason last week. If it's the postseason and you lose twice by essentially thirty, look. Sometimes a coach takes you as far as he can take you, and then you need another person to sort of finish the job. I think that's where Charlotte is. I know Borrego's done a good job, pretty pretty thorough job, Tony, in getting them to a certain point. And now to finish this job, I think it's going to be the job of another coach, and I understand that. So it's ceiling raising. Okay. What's next? What's next? If the Suns lose again tonight, they're blank. My word is nearly toast. They haven't popped up yet so that you could put butter on them. They're still down in the valley of the toaster, and the The warming cycle is going on. I said the valley deliberately. Um, They're going to have to win without Devin Booker. He's their best player. I I don't know that they can necessarily win without their best player at this point. The other team has McCollum, and and who else do they have? Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram, most importantly. Phoenix is left depending on Chris Paul in the playoffs, and we know disasters have befallen Chris Paul in the playoffs. They're absolutely, they have to win one game in New Orleans. They're in a bad spot. Well, they don't have to, but I will say this. They'll be pressed. They'll be pressed if they lose this game. I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think the Suns are going to win this game. I think we're going to see the reason the Suns won 64 games and were the best team in the regular season. And while Booker is the best player on that team, he ain't the only player in that team. And guys are going to have to scramble and dig in and play defense and not give 37 points to Brandon Ingram, which is what happened in game two. And I think they can do all those things. And I think Monty Williams and Chris Paul know how to rally a team. I know they know how to rally a team. And so they'll rally all those pieces that folks don't want to think about because they go, well, wait a minute, they're Chris Paul and Booker. Yeah, but they got some others, right? And we're going to see we'll those see. others tonight we'll starting with eight, and they're going to win this game three. We'll see. That's the final word. Let's take one last break. Still to come, the Celtics get some optimistic news for tomorrow's game three. And will my Bulls beat the Bucks again tonight? Series in Chicago. Going to be loud and nasty. We hate cheeseheads. So here's what I love. In this previous segment, you defended Chris Paul and Michael Jordan. That's great. I, I mean, surprised you picked out issues huh? to defend huh? them. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, really? No, you, I figured you're that. Gonna def- <laughs> you're going to go against Larry Brown? 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Happy time, people. Happy 63rd birthday, Terry Francona. Francona is back managing Cleveland after taking much of last season off for health reasons. I keep stumbling over the new nickname in Cleveland. I know it's the Guardians. It's a terrible name. Anyway, Francona is now the winningest manager in Cleveland baseball history. He has 760 wins there and was the American League Manager of the Year twice there in 2013 and 2016. By virtue of Bob Melvin leaving Oakland for San Diego, Francona is now the longest tenured manager in baseball. He's in his 10th season in Cleveland which, of course, doesn't compare to Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich. Francona, though, is still best known for managing the Red Sox to World Series titles in 2004 and 2007. At the University of Arizona, Francona won a College World Series and was the Golden Spikes Award winner as the best college player in 1980. He played 10 seasons in the bigs at first base and outfield, and he batted 274. So that college career makes him a little comfortable when he has spring training for some number of weeks here in Arizona. Terry Francona is just one of my favorite people in baseball, one of our favorite PTI guests over a stretch of time. And, uh, you know, I want him to somehow get to, at some point, manage the Cubs. I don't want to make a change now. Maybe it'll never happen. But I I just – there's something about that to me that seemed meant to happen over a period of time. Maybe it still will. You're firing Rossi. Unbelievable. I know I said no, I don't want any changes. Happy anniversary, New York Jets. We know what you said. On this day 27 years ago, Jets fans inside the Paramount Theater above Madison Square Garden loudly chanted, we want sap, when the Jets' turn came to make their first-round pick at number nine. But instead of drafting Warren Sap, the Jets picked tight end Kyle Brady. Sap fell to number 12 where Tampa Bay took him. Here's how it worked out. Sap made the Pro Bowl seven times. He was first-team All-Pro four times. He was on a Super Bowl champion in Tampa Bay, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Brady played 13 seasons. He was durable, but he never made a Pro Bowl and he caught only 25 touchdown passes. It was so great when the draft was held in New York City and Giants and Jets fans booed everyone their teams drafted, which reminds me, the draft is next week. Wilbon, have you finished your two-round mock draft yet? Yeah, I don't care about that. You know what would make Sapp even happier than sort of a tribute to Warren Sapp? If we showed the video of the trampoline bear. bear. Remember in the The early days of PTI? Yeah. I'd run into Sapp, yes. who would always go to a lot of NBA playoff games. This time of year, 
And Sapp would just come up and say, Wilbon, the, the bear, come on, seriously. You've gone a week without the trampoline bear. And you egged him on. You like that bear video, too, both of you. I do, I do. A melancholy trails to Guy Lafleur. The Montreal Canadiens legendary scorer has died at age 70. On any list of the greatest Canadiens, you start with Maurice Richard, Jean Beliveau, and Guy Lafleur. Hockey writer Red Fisher called Lafleur, quote, one of those rare talents who was a man even when he was a boy, unquote. And Fisher wrote, quote, most of all, he was uniquely Lafleur, the flower, delicate yet indestructible. Lafleur was a five-time Stanley Cup champion in Montreal. He learned hockey on a rink his father built in the family's backyard in western Quebec. Lafleur's teammate Ken Dryden wrote that Lafleur would practice by himself, sneaking into a local ice rink on weekend mornings by 7.30 and kept going until the manager arrived at 11. Lafleur led the NHL in scoring three times, had six straight 50-goal seasons. Lafleur's number 10 sweater hangs from the rafters in the Bell Center in Montreal. Over his career, Lafleur had 560 goals and 793 assists, averaging over a point a game. So I just remember Lafleur, that image right there. You talk about rushing up ice and his hair blowing in the breeze. He's going so fast he could create his own jet stream. And there was a generation of players that was led by Lafleur. And people could say Bobby Hall, I would, because I was watching in Chicago as a kid. But Lafleur won. And I think he went right through the Blackhawks at least once, maybe twice, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Again, one of the all-time, all-time greats. And just because it happened a while ago doesn't mean that we shouldn't pay attention whenever we can to someone who had the skill and the flair and the showmanship of Guy Lafleur. And a melancholy trails as well to Daryl LaMonica. The Oakland Raiders quarterback has died at age 80. Nicknamed the Mad Bomber for his affinity for the deep pass, LaMonica was twice the MVP of the pre-merger AFL and led the Raiders to their first Super Bowl appearance in 1967. The offensive philosophy of the Al Davis Raiders was embodied in LaMonica. Go long, score quick. Out of Notre Dame, LaMonica began his career backing up Jack Kemp on the Buffalo Bills. He was traded to the Raiders where he was an instant fit in the vertical offense. Between 1967 and 1972, LaMonica led all of pro football with 145 touchdown passes, 24 more than Fran Tarkenton. LaMonica was the Raiders quarterback in 1968 in the famous Heidi game where nobody saw the Raiders' last-minute comeback because NBC cut away from the game to show that children's movie. LaMonica was 62-16-6 with the Raiders. That's the best winning percentage of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era with at least 75 starts. I try to explain to young people in my family, including my son, vertical passing game. Because there is no vertical passing game in the NFL. It's catch and run, yards after catch, throw it out wide. Vertical passing game. Daryl LaMonica, Tony, wasn't he the truest of the people nicknamed the Mad Bomber to you? Daryl LaMonica went down the field. Yeah. Passes traveled yes, 30 and 40 yards in the air. They don't do that in pro football now. They're concentrating on completing 70% of the passes and not having interceptions. That's not the daring, exciting game Daryl LaMonica played. And football is not as exciting in the passing game now as it was when Daryl LaMonica was flinging it. Quick to the big finish. Ben Simmons says he's probably not playing in tomorrow's game three. But Celtic center Robert Williams could. Your thoughts? The Brooklyn Nets are in more trouble if Robert Williams is in there defensively inside. I mean, where's Kyrie going to go then? I mean, that's a big return stop with Ben Simmons. Jay Wright says he's retiring from Villanova. 
Because he didn't have that edge he always had. Does that make sense, Tom? It does. I hope he regains it, though. He's a great coach. Tyson Fury fights Dylan White tomorrow. Who you got? I mean, this, this is a tomato can situation where the champ just has a walkover because the last fight, I was at that one, was epic. I don't think this is supposed to be epic. Miguel Cabrera is one hit away from three grand. Does he get it tonight at home in Detroit against the Rockets? I hope so. You should get it at home. Last one, two other game threes tonight. Heat Hawks, Bulls, Bucks. Who you got? I have the Hawks winning that game and stay away from three nothing. You know I want the Bulls. I'm rooting my throat. I have no voice. But I, I, I don't know that I can see them winning that game. We are out of time. We will try and do better the next time. Happy birthday today to Frankie Nation. Tomorrow to Liz Hartwick. Yeah. Sunday to Adam Mandel. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the app or Apple Podcasts. And, you know, I'm going to honor the Bulls now by saying, and now, here's SportsCenter. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.